welcome to Stokes County Boys, the podcast in which two friends discuss the place and things that made them who they are and who they're not. Uh, welcome again. This is Philip. I'm joined by my good friend Patrick. How you doing, Patrick? Hello, hello. Living the dream. I like to hear it. I love it. So Patrick tasked me for this episode, and I, I, I'm really excited to talk about this. We're doing our top five, how would you say it, our top five most influential video games, or what would you call this list? That's the way you got to say it. I mean, it's it's not necessarily the best games of all time. It's the games that had the most impact on us. It's our favorite. And so I think um, it's our top five. So we're going to go this. We haven't shared our list with each other, so we'll be as at least half as surprised as you are because you're going to hear both our lists for the first time. And But I haven't heard Patrick's. He hasn't heard mine. We may be able to guess a couple off these, but I'm just going to give you a little preview. Mine, uh, my five, none of these were made in the 21st century, so they're all like really before I graduated high school. Because I'll just be honest, Patrick, I play, I, I haven't played a lot of video games to the extent that maybe you have. I mean, we we play a lot of video games together, and now just talking about this, I'm thinking of another one that might be an honorable mention that I need to add. I don't know. I think I think for me, the ones that had the impact and came first to me were the ones I I played as a kid in high school, things like that. All right, all right. So we'll we'll get into that later. But first, as we are, we are the Stokes County Boys. We got to talk a little bit about our hometown, King, North Carolina, or the the county we grew up in. And so, Patrick, I sent you a link, and this is from a June twenty fourth uh, article was was basically on a county commissioner meeting that happened June 24th, 2020. And you can find this in the Stokes News website, which is thestokesnews.com. I'll link it in the show notes. So if you're interested in this article, you can check it out yourself. So the title is Commissioner's Move to Protect Historic Monuments. So depending on when you're listening to this, there's a lot of Confederate monuments that are being taken down either by protesters or by the local governments are taking care of it for uh, you know this is in response to a lot of a lot of the uh, black lives matter movement and kind of a, a racial reckoning that's hopefully this is just the beginning and will continue into you know the future but a lot of these uh, monuments that celebrated the confederacy problematic people like Christopher Columbus or or the you know there was one of a of a, a slave trader or something terrible like that in England that got torn down and thrown into the water or the the river nearby so there's a lot of this going on but in this article there apparently is a confederate memorial that's right next to the courthouse now this is kind of insidious putting this right next to the courthouse but the commissioner meeting today, a lot of these towns and counties are deciding to remove this. seems like Stokes County's doubling down. So uh, it's pretty short because they cover some other business from the commissioner. But Patrick, if you don't mind, I'm just going to read through the uh, part. If you want to interject with any comments or, or observations there, feel free to do so, okay? Go for it. Stokes County commissioners approved an ordinance protecting the county's historical monuments and buildings during its regular meetings here Monday night, Board Chair Andy Nicholson said he asked County Attorney Ty Brow Browder excuse me, to put something together this week. 
The ordinance includes, quote, a building, monument, memorial, plaque, statue, marker, or display of a permanent character that commemorates an event, a person, or military service that is part of Stokes County and or North Carolina history and which is located on property owned by Stokes County or located on public property, end quote. Anyone in violation of the ordinance would be guilty of a misdemeanor and subject to a fine of $500 per offense, the document said. Quote, I can support this in a heartbeat, end quote, said Commissioner Jimmy Walker, but there are already laws in place to not deface monuments. Anyone who does should face strong consequences, and this applies to all. I'm not targeting any race or nationality, end quote. Now, this kind of struck me as odd, that the little um, addendum that he's not targeting any nationality or race. Now, why would he be saying that? Well, because he's a white male. <laughs> in, a, in a county that's 95% white. But, but in, in fairness, and I, I'm, not, I'm not defending the what, I'm defending the who. In fairness, what else can he say in this situation? I mean, like, I am a white, middle-class male. I don't know what I can't, like, I, I don't know, I know how to be say. anything You can say, let's take it down. If you're in his shoes, what do you or can you say? Because you know you're going to be attacked as a you got to do the right thing you got to do the right thing you do i think that is your moral it's a moral and ethical thing like he shouldn't worry i mean the, at this point they have to understand the um the historical significance of these confederate monuments when the majority of them were not they were ma the majority of them were built and we're going to talk about the year that this one was erected but the majority of them including like silent sam and the ones in durham and the ones in uh, that were taken down uh you know uh pittsburgh nearby hillsborough all these ones they're mainly put up in the let's say 50 years after the war now what's going on there that's the jim crow era so these are not these aren't weren't built during the confederacy they were built as monuments to white supremacy and to remind you know certain people which were the black population of these areas to either stay away from this area that they're placing these monuments in or to remind them of the the control by law and the segregation that was taking place so it, they're monuments of of intimidation if you really look at it the guy goes on to say well this is commissioner rick morris he goes on to say about this fine and this kind of doubling down on just keeping monuments the way they are. He said, this sheriff gives one more tool in the tool belt. And then he says this, and this is really interesting to me, and I want to get your thoughts on this. He just goes on to say, when ISIS came into power in Iraq, the first thing they did was pull down monuments. That's what terrorists do. They try and destroy history. Now, it is true that ISIS destroyed these, like, ancient things and we're talking about a monument as i said before some of these monuments were built in the 1910s 1920s as you saw if you see the one that got pulled down in durham these are not priceless artifacts they were cheap they were sold by carpetbaggers uh some of these images of like confederate soldier statues that were built 
you know, you'll see the same model and mold that was uh, commemorating soldiers, American soldiers in the North. But this, this is what blew my mind. <laughs> this Confederate monument that they're talking about is in Danbury, which is the county seat. It's a very, very small town. This was built in 1990. And number one, I do not have any recollection of this thing being there. And number two, how did that thing get built in 1990? Well, that's, that's part of the problem that I see in this. It blows whole, my mind. Well, it, it's part of the problem that I see in this whole monument and tearing down statues and all this. And, you know, again, I'm not opposed at all on looking back uh, in retrospect and not necessarily questioning why or why not something should have been erected or been in a public place or private place for that matter. I do think that it's worthwhile to look back and question whether it should stay in a public or private place. I'm, I'm completely open to that conversation. My issues specifically with the thing in Stokes County that's become a talking point is the dates. Um, we talk about, oh, we love the history. We love, you know, like this and that. And, and you know, I, I've, I'm Southern born, Southern bred. I, I, I love living in North Carolina. I love my family. I love the lessons I've been taught about community by living in the rural South. I love the lessons I've learned about community and family living in Durham, where I live now. I, I my problem is that if you want to throw, oh, it's about history, oh, it's about, uh, you know, nostalgia, because that's what it is. Yeah. This thing was built in 1990. Marge Schott owned the Reds. <laughs> it was the year before the Braves won the pennant. Okay. We're, we're talking about, like, way too modern for you to throw this, oh, yeah. It's history, like no. I gotta, I, I gotta look at. I've got to know how that got erected, especially like, it's a big granite slab, and there's like little seats around it. I guess so you can sit and wish for the good old days or whatever. I don't know, but it, it had to be quite expensive in a in a county that probably doesn't get that much revenue to like build things like that. I mean, I almost guarantee it's probably funded by the daughters of the. Confederacy, whatever that group's name is. I'm blanking on the name now. Sons you know what I'm talking Confederacy. about. <laughs> yeah. There's the sons of Confederate veterans, and then there's the daughters of the Confederate veterans or something like that. But it, it must have been. But, yeah, it, it kind of blows my mind. But at the same time, it's just like I will note that, you know, I also saw, I was looking in the articles from the Stokes News, and, and I think we'll cover this in, an, in another episode of there were protests, like Black Lives Matter protests in King. It was mostly like the young people that live there, despite bringing up this, which is kind of a dark, kind of backward thing, in my opinion, I'll say, that the fact that they had those protests in our town really gives me hope, too. That's part of the reason I want to do this is one, kind of reconnect to where we grew up, but also if anybody's listening to this from that area, just to know that you're not alone in what you're thinking, and if you disagree with the majority of the kids in your class or the majority of the people you live with in, in wherever, but there there is some diversity of at least opinion 
were here growing up. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's important to, to piggyback on what you just said. It's important for anybody to know, regardless of where you are, regardless of where you're from, regardless of where you're going or, or this and that, your opinion matters. And yeah. in Stokes County specifically, you've got people of all types, but you don't always necessarily see that by looking at the Wikipedia page. All sorts of backgrounds, all sorts of, of desires and hopes, all sorts of, of, of just needs. And I think it's important that we have the conversation, but in a civil way that seems to be neglected in this day and age where it's all about, are you on the left or are you on the right? Oh, yeah, then yeah, boom. Yeah. It doesn't even matter what you have to say. I'm already for or against yeah, and then There's no dialogue. I hate that. Give us the dialogue. Like, let's, let's, but, but make it be authentic and legitimate. Let's have the dialogue about this. There's a statue in Stokes County that is trying to be protected. Should it stay? Should it go? Well, let's look at all of it in a completely open-minded, discussive way. Why was it erected in the first place? Why was it erected in 1990 right. instead of 1890? Right. Like, like let's, let's look at this. What my beliefs when I look at a statue and feel nothing, and I look at the person next to me that I graduated with, that I hold as a brother, that I love as a person, as a human being, sees that statue, that same exact statue, and feels something completely different. Some, you know, they see oppression, they see racism. Then who am I? to think that my opinion matters more than theirs. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's always offended about something. Yeah, I get that. But I have the right to be less offended about less things mm -hmm. than some people have the right to be offended about bigger, bigger things. Right. And I will defer to them. All right. Well said, Patrick. Thank you for that. And if you let us know what you think, stokescountyboys at gmail.com. And we can, <laughs> you can rip into us one way or another and just know that Patrick doesn't manage that account. And whatever uh, response you get is coming from me. Okay? And I'll let you know how it is. Okay? All right, let's take a break and we'll get into some something a little bit more fun. We'll get into some video games. How's that sound, Patrick? Yeah. Oh, one last thing before we get back to the show. Please go to our Anchor website at anchor.fm slash scboys slash support, and you can support the show for as little as 99 cents per month. What do you get in return? Well, the show keeps going. And the other thing, any supporter will get a shout-out on the show, so you'll be entered into the record of the Stokes County Boys. And also, if you'd like, we'll reach out to you, and you can choose the topic of a future episode. Thanks in advance for your support. Now back to the show. And we're back. Stokes County Boys is Philip talking with Patrick. Today in our uh, larger segment, we are discussing our personal favorite video games, going with our top five. Now, Patrick, I didn't order mine. I really 
so I'm not worried about like rankings. I just kind of lumped them all in. And as I mentioned before in the episode, <laughs> I kind of picked ones that I played as a kid, in middle school, and in high school, and I kind of stopped there. Because for me, you know, that's when I had the most time to play video games, honestly. That's when they probably had more of an impact on me personally. Not to say in college I didn't play a lot. There was a lot of Madden going on. There was a lot of sports video games against other people, Smash Brothers and things like that. But how about you, Patrick, just in general, before we get into the list? and So for me, lists are always really fun. And so, yeah. you know, for our audience out there, um, Philip and I did not discuss this beforehand. We, we just said, let's come up with our, our five games that are most influential to us. And so not necessarily the best games of all time or whatever. No, you know, and, yeah. and so I want to I throw this out there because we have not had the prior discussion. Like, I'd like to do our top five, but like, you know, one to one. Yeah, that sounds yeah, good. List one, discuss, like, you know, and, and go back and forth. I do, Perfect. I do have to say um, – Listen, we're in quarantine, y'all. This is 2020, and we're all supposed to be home at, <laughs> at home alone. And you know, I mean, yeah, there's yeah. only and, and Patrick is alone. He has a dog and a bird. A dog and a bird, and so there's only so much you can do. I mean, you overthink and all this. And yeah, I, I will yeah. say that I went back and I completely overanalyzed this. Oh, I I did the change my top five. Oh wow, okay. I did not change my top five. So like, this is a legit top five. I'm I'm just gonna say I did the an ode to Allen Ginsberg. I did first thought, best thought. It took me about two minutes. So <laughs> I, I, let's definitely start with the honorable mentions. What you got? Okay, so my honorable mention, and I think this is primarily a connection between me and you, is NBA 2K on the Sega Dreamcast. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think what we were talking about is I think it was us playing together and and that was one of the games we probably had the most fun. I think it was like between the summer I just remember one summer Patrick was on his um his flipped sleep schedule which he loves to get into which in which he stays up all night and sleeps all day. So I think what would happen was I would like I had like a summer job. I would go work like eight to five. I would come home, grab something to eat, and then wake up Patrick <laughs> by calling him. And then we would hang out at his house and play video games. And one of these games we played was NBA two K on the Sega Dreamcast. Well, and Phil, before you did that, because I remember that very well, we would go to Best Buy because <laughs> there weren't a yeah, lot yeah, to yeah. do in Stokes County. So we would go to Winston Salem. We'd play putt putt. We go to the movies, you know, whatever. But we look at CDs. <laughs> one, of, one of our our things that to do on the rotation, we would go to Best Buy and play their demo that was on display. It was the Sega Dreamcast. We would play NBA 2K. We would play a game. And we did this almost weekly, it seemed. I mean, yeah, like, yeah. Before, before you got the Dreamcast. <laughs> I bought the Dreamcast as a senior gift to myself. Like, I just graduated. Mm -hmm. Dreamcast was ahead of its time. And, you know, it was, it was a great system that didn't last very long. But it, it was right before the PlayStation and the Xbox came out. It was, it was a really good system. It really took uh, the graphics and the gameplay. Um, 
to a level that had not been seen before, but it was not, you know, it was like wrong place, wrong time. It was just, you know, and, and so it did not last. Um, but we did play the NBA 2K a lot in like in, 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 uh, Best Buy. And then again, when I bought the Dreamcast for my honorable mentions, like first off, I'm an overthinker. I'm an overanalyzer, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, I, I, I took off all sports games. Oh, okay. First one I, on my I list was the NBA 2K. Like okay, just, okay. <laughs> uh, but, but you throw in Madden. You throw in uh, Tony Hawk 2, which was oh, epic yeah. at the time. Um, RBI yeah. Baseball 2 for the NES. NHL 94, which any sports game, if we have a list of top sports games, NHL 94 has to be there. Tecmo Super Bowl. Oh yeah. You cannot course. be Bo Jackson. <laughs> Tecmo Super Bowl. Like like these games were amazing to play, but we're talking top five most influential, not just like you just sit there drooling playing a game with your buddy. Games like The Sims. Yeah. Or Sims 2, Sims 3. So fun. Yeah. They they belong on the mention list. Civilization three and four on PC. Crazy Taxi 2. Oh. <laughs> Crazy Taxi 2. Wow. Bully. Oh, yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, here's the thing, though. It's like, I feel like in my life, pushing 40, I cannot ignore these games because they made it, like, they made me a fan of video games. Yeah. A couple others I want to throw out on the honorable li- mention list. I was hoping for just one, but this is this is incredible. <laughs> you did overthink it. I was up a long time last okay, night. Okay, okay. Um, Simpsons Hit and Run. Yeah. Also, the Simpsons game, and I'm not talking about the Activision game that you were in putt-putt playing. I'm talking about the Simpsons game from about 15 years ago where God drops his manual, the game manual, and you pick it up and you play this whole series. And, yeah. and like... So well done. South Park, Stick of Truth, South Park, Fractured Butthole. Those were fun. The Batman Arkham series, across the board, phenomenal. Far Cry, Fallout, Assassin's Creed, Grand Theft Auto. Absolutely amazing series. I didn't put them in my top five. I think I could have, and I probably should have. And these are, like we said, these are undeniable, like, great games blah 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 but i think for me it was what unlocked my imagination what did i have the most fun with what did i spend a lot of time with so let's get into our top five uh, you you just rattled off a list of like 20 things so my first uh, and it, it was the first one and this may be my favorite game of all time super mario brothers 3 and i know you're laughing because i know you're and like you said i don't know why you're laughing I love the Mario games. I don't care what anybody says. I love them. I still play them because my son has a Switch, and I play those games too now. This game, it was it was that whole world. It kind of opened it up. It's probably the best Nintendo, the best game on the NES system. I still have a distinct memory the first time I saw the commercial for the game before it came out, and that was the first time I was like, incredibly excited for a game that hadn't come out yet and it's just so good and it had it has so many things in it that it really 
I mean, for me, it just pushed a lot in terms of the imagination, the characters, and the stuff that that was added to that Mario universe. Because um, Mario Two is really just a reskin of a of a Japanese game, which I found out it's not really a Mario game. Well, but it was all a dream. What? Oh yeah. Oh god, that's right. But yeah, and it was also a game I completed. It was one of the first like games that was that long and that involved I mean you had to do this in one sitting because you couldn't save and I was you know I guess if you warped or whatever but that's that's the first one that came to mind what do you think about okay so as we go back and forth with our top five yeah yeah I'm I'm going to echo you because Super Mario Brothers 3 is also in my top five there we go uh for the same reason that you just listed but I want to add to it it was basically like the Mario Brothers that we grew up with as soon as the Nintendo was in our house. Yeah. You know, that, that first Super Mario Brothers on steroids. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you can turn in the Tanuki suit. You can turn into a raccoon and fly. Oh, my God. When you got that frog Mario and you could actually move around in the water, it felt so good. <laughs> It was so well done, and it was basically yeah. what I feel is the epitome of what could be done on the 8-bit Nintendo Entertainment System. Yeah, it was something that it was, was the maximum. It, it, it was it was fun. It was something you could do with two players because Luigi could come in and you know you do levels, mm-hmm. you rotate, whatever. Like it was, it it was as well done as it could have possibly been, and you know that's something that we find with all the systems is that at the end of the system's era, you find yeah. the best games because the, yeah. the, the people have figured out how to maximize exactly. efficiency on each system. The thing about Super Mario 3, it was, it was a combination of the side-scroller that we had grown up with, plus you can actually go backwards a little bit now. Oh, it God, yeah. Straight, like, it made all the difference in the world. Yeah. In, in, certain levels some levels were still the throwback and so like it's got to be top five because of the way that it presented itself in the time of our lives where we were enjoying new games and progressing to that next level that's super mario 3 okay so since we had the first one there i'm gonna go to my next one and we'll see what happens there and and i think this one won't be on your list because you mentioned it earlier (laughs) And you kind of threw it aside. I put the Simpsons arcade game. And the reason I did that, I, I kind of have a personal connection to this. And this is being the first and maybe only arcade game that I have completed. Because that's usually hard to do because you end up having to... I ended up putting a lot of quarters into this. But I, this is the only one I've, I've completed. Go ahead. Question. I have a question about that. Did you complete it in the arcade? So that Yes. I was at Putt Putt. I was at Putt Putt Golfing Games, and I I put so in. So this was not like a remake of the game. No, 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 no. This was when I was a kid. Okay. So I was a kid, and I did it by myself. How much did that cost you? E. <laughs> I don't remember. I think I remember putting about. It was probably around ten dollars. I probably spent about ten dollars on it. To be honest, in the grand scheme of things, I mean, that's probably not too bad. So whatever I had came with, I had arrived with in terms of money to spend on quarters. I spent most of it 
on this game. And I think the only reason I had done it is because I had the first quarter, I think it was probably just a quarter then, but that first quarter I got pretty far. And I was like, let me keep going. Because usually you play those and you get to a certain point. You know, it's very similar. The Simpsons arcade game is very similar to the Ninja Turtles arcade game, which was really good, too. And that's another Nintendo game that I loved was that Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game. Yes, yeah. And I could go on about that one, too. But this this Simpsons one was pretty similar. But I think it's a personal connection of it's the arcade game that I actually beat. And I got pretty far, and I just kept pumping quarters. And then it was just like, let's let's just let's ride it. <laughs> and And, yeah, it was pretty awesome. But yeah, that's my that's my number two that I put there. What what do you what else do you have on your list, Patrick? Um, all right, I'm gonna go with a very very recent game, Marvel Spider Man. Oh yeah, that's a PlayStation Four game, correct? Yeah, and uh, well, and it's probably Xbox, but again, I think that one was exclusive to PlayStation. If uh, maybe I think so. The fact that they jumped into the story with Spider Man actually being Spider Man. Yeah. Meaning that you didn't, it wasn't like an origin story, so he has to develop his skills and all that. He mm. had a, of course, he had to develop his skills over the game, but he started off being able to be Spider Man. And so you felt like you were Spider Man for that first hour that you're playing. You're still Spider Man. Yeah. That was great. The storyline was phenomenal across the board. It was open world enough that, like, it was just, you know, the visuals were gorgeous uh-huh. and, and just, swinging around the city like sometimes you that's all you want to do sometimes you just want to have fun and enjoy the visuals and yeah again the gameplay the storyline it was so smooth it was so integrated the combat was very smooth and you could upgrade whatever you needed to upgrade um i thought it was really cool to change your uh skin the 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 character's outfit Oh yeah, okay. That was normally that's not something that I'm really into, but like with the Spider Man, it was just an Easter egg. It was fun. There it's mm-hmm. open world and so there's enough side quests and, and, and side missions and things to do. Phenomenal game across the board. And then again, visually beautiful. Yeah, I hope to play it one day, maybe. <laughs> I'm probably not gonna spring out for a, a PlayStation four at this point just to play it, but I'll, when when the PS5 comes out, I'll sell you my PS4. And, uh, <laughs> Can you just let me borrow it until I like play the game? No, the... I guess no. I need money. Well, okay. Dollar dollar bills, y'all. <laughs> all right. So my next pick, as I mentioned before, which is all pre-2000, so I have only... Ni- uh, what am I talking about? I only have 20th century video games that we're talking about. My third one is... Disney's Aladdin on the Sega Genesis. Now, this may seem weird, but I will contend that this is actually a, a good game. It's it, it's pretty cool. And I think one of the reasons it was big for me was Christmas. There was a, I don't know what year it was, but it was a Christmas. I got for my big gift, I got a Sega Genesis. And... There's a couple things. So I didn't get the first. There was a first generation Sega Genesis. You know, it had like the red stripe and a big circle. And then later on, they made like a smaller, more compact one. Do you know what I'm talking about, Patrick? What systems did you have? Okay. As a kid, I had uh, 
was probably in kindergarten or first grade, I got the Nintendo Entertainment System. And then I ended up, then from there, I got a Sega Genesis. And after that, I think a Nintendo 64. And then in college, I had a GameCube. So I was I was a Nintendo guy, mostly. <laughs> so I had an Atari 2600. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My neighbor had one. I remember this neighbor. I had next-door neighbor. They had kids. They were older than me. Like, their their daughter babysat us a few times. And the son, he had... He had a twenty six hundred, and I remember watching him play, watching him play like Pitfall or something on there. Well, go ahead, sorry. Uh, you know, I had I had an Atari twenty six hundred. My favorite game was baseball. You could only play two players, and so my <laughs> feet would be the green, and my hands would be the purple. <laughs> wow. Yeah. One. Yeah. Anyway, um, got a Nintendo Entertainment System, like the original Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Uh, from there, ended up. I think the next thing I got was the Dreamcast. Yeah. And uh, after the Dreamcast went Xbox, the original Xbox, mm-hmm. Xbox 360, and then PS4. So I've not really had a whole lot of systems, I, I guess, That's five true. in my entire yeah. life. Yeah, I, th- I probably had more because after the GameCube, later on, after, like, I had the GameCube, I kind of paused a little bit. Then I think I got a Wii and then a PlayStation 3. And that was my last system for a while until we got my son the Switch. But anyways, let's get back to Aladdin. So I think one reason this really has a special place in my heart, even though it's not the best game, it's a fun game, it's a fine game. I think it looks really good, honestly, like for a 16-bit system that's going off like an animated movie. it It looks good, I think. Um... Of course, I haven't played it in a while. <laughs> Last time I checked, it looked pretty good. But the thing was, is like I got at Christmas, I got the that system. It came with uh, Sonic Two, I believe, which is another game I like a lot. But it had this offer where you could mail in for a free game, and you had like a list of games. And Aladdin was the game I chose. <laughs> and so, of course, unlike now, if you order something, you know, it said, oh, "Please allow like six to eight weeks." And so there was a period of time where I kept checking the mail. I just had this, like, after I got off the bus from school, I'd check the mail and keep checking the mail, and it wouldn't come. I even created a little song in my head as I walked to the mailbox, singing to myself, like, please have the game, please have the game. And I remember the day that I finally got it. I don't know how long it took, but, you know, when you're a kid, it feels two months can feel like two years when you're a kid, especially when you're waiting on a free video game. And it came in, and it was, like, a great day. Like I said, it's not the best game. I think it's a fine game. You can use a sword. You can throw apples. You can jump around. It's basically, you know, a platform game. But it's fun. That's my third pick. <laughs> so... Yeah, go ahead. What's, these are what not in any sort of order. Yeah, likewise. Red Dead Redemption. Mm, yeah. You know, Red, Red, Red Dead Redemption 2 just came out and got a lot of... Cloud, I mean, like, and rightfully so. I enjoyed Red Dead Redemption 2. Red Dead Redemption, the original, though, was a sequel to Red Dead Revolver, which was a different oh, wow. game altogether. I forgot about that. You're you're looking at kind of like the difference between Grand Theft Auto and Grand Theft Auto 3, which, <laughs> yeah. you know, made Grand Theft Auto yeah, Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto, the first one's like Road Rash or something like the 
Well, that's another good game. I'm gonna yeah. have to redo my games now because you said. <laughs> um, Just throw it on the honorable mention pile. Yes, Red Dead Redemption was such a again such a good story. What I liked the most about Red Dead Redemption was the intro, because mm. you had a 20 minute train ride where you're, oh, you're yeah. not doing anything. You're just sitting there on a train. That's true, but everything that you're hearing, you're eavesdropping. You're being the creeper. Mm that's just sitting there yeah but everything ends up coming into play there's two scenes in red dead redemption that just were absolutely amazing to me mm -hmm. one was when you have to go down into mexico and you know we're we're skipping out on a lot of the story yeah yeah in all these games because you gotta hit the high you know, right? let's you know uh, but but there's a scene where you have to go down into Mexico, mm -hmm. and it's a horseback ride that takes you a pretty good time to go from Texaco or from, to go from Texas into Mexico. Yeah, and so you're riding this trail out, and this music starts playing, mm -hmm. and the music's just going along. You're looking around, enjoying the scenery, got this song playing. It's just everything about it is perfect. You're not trying to shoot somebody. You're not trying to look out for what's behind you. It's just enjoy the moment sort of thing. Um, mm. The last three years of my life right now, I've spent a lot of time in Texas and the Southwest purely for vacation purposes. I have gone to Texas on a weekend just to get brisket. I mean, I, like this is what I'm saying. Like, I, I, I like I Texas. Love, I love this area. And that moment was so just eye-opening, awesome. And you combine that with, again, the music major in me. Yeah. Oh, my God, this is great music. Phenomenal. I don't want to give any spoilers away because somebody somewhere has not played Red Dead Redemption and is going to. The end of the main story of Red Dead Redemption. I haven't finished it, to be honest. I, I bought it and I started playing it, but I was in grad school and I couldn't finish it because I couldn't, I wasn't able at the time to spend enough time on it. But it's a, it's a great game. It's awesome. You have to be able to invest in it. Yeah. Uh, the, the so you end, say the ending the is really good. It, it it's one of those that it's just like, wow, perfect, perfect, and then you move on. And the way that they did it, I like open world games like Fallout, like Grand Theft Auto, you know, Far Cry to an extent. I like those games where you still can do other stuff once the yeah. main storyline is over. Yeah. And Red Dead Redemption gave you that option, but they did it in such a way that was just, wow, you know, good for you, well done. Very, very well done. Awesome. All right, so I'm going to go with my fourth of my five. And actually, you mentioned it earlier, too. It's um, NHL 94. Because <laughs> I didn't ex exclude uh, uh, sports games, so I put it in there. This game taught me what how, the rules of hockey and I don't think I would have ever understood it if I didn't uh, learn through this game and I 
and there's that move I could do. <laughs> I think you know what I'm talking about because I use it on you. But it's one of those. It's one of the first like sports games where I could be like completely dominant in, and like frustratingly slow if I played it against other people. But yeah, and I th- my team was the Boston Bruins for some reason. Um, I had Ray Bork. It had Ray Bork. It had Cam Neely, who, as we know, my favorite version of Cam Neely was Sea uh, Bass and Dumb and Dumber. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to cover that movie at some point. <laughs> Now we have to. There's not a whole lot to say about this game, but like I said, it it was an EA Sports game, and it was an early Sega Genesis game. I don't know why. Like it just it had all the stats, it had all the the rules. It was accurate. It was an accurate game to like a a hockey experience, and that's what I loved about how it. I mean, Tecmo did that in the Nintendo in terms of having all the stats and a lot of that stuff, like the the basketball game and all that. But this one kind of took it to the next level. And I have even played like NHL 95, 96, and they're not as good. And I don't know what happened, but that NHL 94 just hit the sweet spot of being simple, but having everything you wanted in, in like a, I guess a 16-bit sports game. Well, it was a perfect storm, and, you know, you kind of mentioned it. The best thing about sports games was that it taught us the rules of the sport. The thing about NHL 94 was that it was everything about it was so fluid and fun. You could play against the computer, and it didn't feel like you were playing against a machine. You could play against friends, and you were playing against friends. Everything about it was just so fluid and smooth and easy. These days, if it's in the game, it's in the game. Yeah. And it, it's so convoluted sometimes that, like, if you have somebody that's highly devoted to the game, they can be completely dominant. Yeah, you have no chance. Because I know, like... Button pusher. It was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what's your number four? Or your fourth that we'll mention? We're not ranking these, so. You know, I know we we spent one of the podcasts talking about Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah. And I'm going to go with this for several reasons. One, the premise. Oh, we're going to set ourselves a thousand years before what everybody knows is Star Wars. So what that means is we can do whatever we want, yeah. but it's not necessarily tied to this. So like good guys win, bad guys win. It doesn't matter because there's enough time that they can do whatever. So they took George Lucas's idea and they said, we're going to do whatever we want. Loved it. It was a an action role-playing game. So you could be good, you could be bad. I played the game twice through. One good, mm-hmm. one bad. And when I do something, I'm a very extreme person. And yeah. so... I'm either going to be all the way. full out good or full out bad. And yeah. I did both. And I had two completely enjoyable but different experiences for the game. Um, yeah, that's a pretty cool thing you can, in terms of replay value, that you essentially were able to do two, two complete games. Yeah, absolutely. If I had a lightsaber, it would be orange. That's not an option in a lot of games. I like being able to have an orange lightsaber. Uh, I think that like that like the customized equipment <laughs> you see in RPGs, you see in action yeah. RPGs, whatever. Yeah. Like that's fun. I enjoy that stuff. 
Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. The other thing is that it, it, wait, so were you able to have an orange lightsaber in that? Yeah, Knights of the Old Republic had a silver cord lightsaber, and it was okay. really cool looking. So you know, I'm going orange and silver, gorgeous visuals, and this is why this is on my top five. One time in my entire life have I put down my controller because I didn't see it coming. I put down the controller because the storyline, the plot twist, I did not see this moment coming. And then they do a little flashback. I should have seen it coming. But I mean, this was everything I've ever seen in media, books, video, movies, video game, whatever, everything all combined into one. I did not see this moment coming. This smacked me in the face, and not only did it add to my experience, it led me to push to the next part of the game. Top five, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. All right. All right, this is our last pick. Remember, it's not our number one or anything like that, but this is uh, the fifth of five that I chose. This also, we're connected to this one, Patrick, whether you like it or not. And it's uh, WCW NWO Revenge, the <laughs> sequel to on the Nintendo 64. <laughs> oh, my God. And we'll get into why Patrick's laughing. because. <laughs> <laughs> but I think this was also a time. So this was 1998. When this game came out, it was a sequel to the the WCW NWO uh, World Tour, which I almost put on here. And this is the one change I made because I was like, that one was the first one. It was the best wrestling, pro wrestling video game to date. The sequel is so much better because one, it had like it had an extensive roster. It had all the title belts, so you could do all that. And it was just so much fun. It, and it had a lot of moves. And I think that was the thing that I love so much was you could actually you could actually do the moves that these people did. Like at the same time, it was 1998 when I had gotten everybody. I think pretty much everybody we knew was into wrestling at that point because it was just that the Attitude Era, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, NWO just took over everything. So... And I was just so excited for this game, and I loved it. And me and you had some epic matches because we figured out if you rotate the the direction, you know, the little joystick, you could kick out of every pin, and you could uh, you could break every submission hold. And we would be yelling at each other to just let the match end, but we didn't want to lose to one another. <laughs> I think we just ended up having to do like tag team matches on the same team against the computer after a while. But yeah, it was a fun time. Well, and, and like you said, you know, it's a balance between the gameplay itself and the experience yeah. that you're having playing the game. And, you know, if if I died tonight, one of my my least five, like bottom five moments was Ashley beating me on that game. <laughs> and I was using the trick. I was using that 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 trick we had found and somehow yeah. it didn't work on that one match and I lost and you know to this day I still wake up crying. Oh, I, I you just reminded me of that. Well I I've never forgotten. You haven't forgotten. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. But but, but wait, well, you no, know, you're right. I mean, like it was a fun game. It was 
a, a mirror of what we were doing at the time. Mm-hmm. It was everything that you could have wanted it to be. The gameplay was fun. The environment was fun. We spent hours and hours. It was a very important part of our childhood, especially our teenage years. And like you mentioned, everybody was into that stuff at the time. Yeah. If you remember, and I hope I'm not misremembering this, but like, if I recall at South Stokes High School, every Tuesday we had at least one class where we didn't really do anything. Yeah. Because everybody was talking about what happened yeah. on either Monday Night Nitro or Monday Night Raw, which, uh, and, and usually both. And Matt Patrick intentionally calls it, and we know that the name of it is Monday Nitro, but where we grow up, everybody called it Monday Night Nitro. <laughs> but yeah, I remember, I specifically remember ninth grade, my last period, I had um, Mr. Vite and. Every Tuesday, we knew we could get we could get him on. Hey, did you watch uh, did you watch Nitro last night? And we could we could always get him off topic. So much so he called he used to call me Hooventude after Hooventude <laughs> Guerrero, the uh, the the Mexican luchador. Hoovy Guerrero. <laughs> yeah. And even like years after, every time he'd see me, he'd be like Hooventude, <laughs> and give me a very strong handshake. So that's it. What's your last one? What you got, Patrick? So I saved this one for last for a reason, because this game, when I finished it and I put my controller down, it wasn't like Knights of the Old Republic where I was like, holy crap, I just, you know, I did not see that coming. It wasn't like Mario 3 where I was like, childhood, yay. It wasn't like Spider-Man, like, oh, this is just a great game. It wasn't like Red Dead Redemption where, wow, this was just a solid finish to a solid game. When I put this game down, I legitimately said this might be the best overall game I've ever played. Horizon Zero Dawn. And I recently read a review. I recently read like a a review of this where they were like, you know, it's a great game, but all they did was take the best of this, 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 and this. And in my mind, I'm like, you're like, exactly. That's why it's awesome. You had, and again, I'm a sucker for female heroines. I, I love the female in the lead. What what system? I don't know anything about this game. Like, is it a newer game? When did it come out? I, I played it on PS4. Okay, okay. Uh, it, yeah, relatively. That's, that's enough. But everything about the story was solid. And, and you know, they, they basically threw things back into the... the primitive dinosaur land, whatever, but all these dinosaurs are actually machines. Mm. And part of the story is is you actually learn why everything happened the way it did. Yeah. And like beyond, like I love the way that they rewound history yet. Mm. It was so futuristic. They did such a great job. Gameplay smooth you could do whatever you wanted to do however you wanted to do it and it was like you know an evolution of controls just like any good game is and the story itself mind-blowing at how there were enough twists and turns to keep you engaged but it was still very not obvious but very straightforward moving 
And so there was a good, clean finish. There was mm -hmm. a good, good, clean, oh, my God moment where I learned something about myself and the situation. Like, everything about it seemed like it was just fitting. And if I had to pick right now, gun to my head, number one of all time, it would be Horizon Zero Dawn. Wow. Okay. Something about video games that's always been a very positive in my life is that you can watch it, you can listen to it, you can read it, you can do it. And when I right. get a game that lets you have a choice, especially those games that you can choose multiple things so you can yeah. replay it, it's not like, oh, a Red Harry Potter again and I got a different experience, which... I personally did, and I think many people do. Oh, look, Mundang or uh, what's his name, uh, Mundungus Fletcher. He's mentioned in the first book. Right. People don't realize that until they reread it. This, who, who the hell's this guy? He doesn't mm. matter. Well, he does matter eventually, like seven books later. Right. So he's there. Like I love the way that video games give me multiple outlets for what I'm looking for aesthetically, visually, musically, physically, like just interactively. Love that. And, yeah. you know, I think that um, we've been really lucky in that by playing multiple systems, by playing multiple games, Kingdom Hearts was on my honorable mention list. I spent far too many hours on that storyline. <laughs> I think yeah. it was way too convoluted. I think they had way too much. You know what, though? I finished it, and I was so glad I did. Okay. Well, if you're here now, you finished this episode, and so we're going to wrap it up here. That was our uh, top five, I don't want to say influential because we don't make video games, but the, the greatest impact, our top five games. And so we hope you enjoyed that. If you want to send us what your top five is or anything like that, you can email us at stokescountyboys at gmail.com. Don't forget, uh, we also you can follow us on Twitter at at scboyspod or Instagram. We have an Instagram, at stokescountyboys. And, yeah, so you can check us out there. So, Patrick, hope you have a good evening. I need to get some sleep. I know you're just getting started. You, everybody have a good one. All right, take care. When I'm riding on the L.A. When I'm riding on the L.A.